Good afternoon, and thank you so much for staying with us. It's been a very long few days of freeze and 1 to 54 and all the many other things going on in the city. So the fact that you're still with us on a Saturday uh, late afternoon, early evening is um, wonderful. So thank you for that. Uh, we've had a really kind of full afternoon talking about um, different infrastructures in Africa, those that are being transformed, um, those that are being built, those that are itinerant and without a physical home um, that we hope will be sustained in the future in the, in the form of ASICO. Um, for those of you who've just joined us, the 154 Forum this year is in London is dedicated to BC Silver and you will see the program notes at the back of the room but also a little booklet um, titled Remembering BC Silver. And um, I'm really delighted to have two speakers here with us this afternoon who are very old friends of BC's. Um, BC was hugely important to both of the women sitting on the stage here today in very different ways. Um, I first met BC at the same time that I had the pleasure of meeting Ngoni Fall, and that was back in 2010 when I invited both women, in addition to other um, cur curators from, from the continent, to come to London and participate in a symposium called Curating in Africa at Tate that I organized. And I was so incredibly impressed by these two powerhouse powerhouses, um, Ngoni coming from a Francophone country, um, BC from an Anglophone. Um, they first met in 1993, and when BC came to London to further her studies, and Ngoni went to Paris. And they've had this really impressive and, and fruitful and uh, oftentimes fraught um, dialogue as two curators forging their way through and, and making a really huge contribution to um, contemporary art from Africa. So it's a, it's a real privilege to have you here in Ghani. Um, I'm not gonna go into a huge bio. I think you can probably find plenty about um, Ngoni on online. But the reason that I've invited her to speak today is really to talk about her current project, Season Africa 2020, which is a massive undertaking, um, which will happen next year in all across the entire France. And I think collaboration is at the core of this um, project. And for me, one of BC's um, really kind of defining aspects was her generosity um, and her willingness to collaborate with people wherever they were from and bring people together and kind of cut, cut across the barriers that, uh, that we think divide us and actually have really generative conversations. And so um, Goni will talk much more about what she's doing along those lines. And I invited her to be in conversation with Hansi Mamadou Gordon, who's an independent curator and writer um, based in London. Hansi is the, f the founder of Future Assembly, which is a platform for artists' development and experimentation that includes a residency, commissioning, and an exhibitions program. And Hansi is obviously from a very different generation, but somebody who's absolutely been influenced by BC in that um, Hansi was a project coordinator at CCA Lagos, which BC set up in 2007, and Hansi was there right at the beginning in 2008-9. So uh, two people approaching collaboration and education and kind of a legacy uh, in, in very different ways. So thank you for being here. We look forward to hearing about both of your projects and um, thinking through both the opportunities and challenges that lie in collaboration. Thank you, Karen. I hope you can all hear, and thank you all for being here today. Um, just very quickly, before we start, I'm going to plug Black History Walks. Um, it's an incredible organisation in London. I've just come off a boat cruise that's talking about the history of Africa in London, going back three and a half thousand years. So I encourage you to all go and kind of look that up and do that as well. So, um, But for this discussion um, around opportunities for dialogue and collaboration, um, You'll hear from us um, examples of how collaborative practice has been a tool for both myself and Ngoni Fall, um, who are creative practitioners engaged with the continent of Africa. Um, you'll see how collaboration has worked um, on the smaller scale, so kind of one-to-one, -one, um, person to person with the project Future Assembly, um, but also how through Africa 2020, collaboration is really at the center of this season. As Karen said, um, across all French territories, dedicated to an entire African continent with more than 1.2 billion inhabitants and a diaspora of more than 60 million people. 
So you can see how collaboration has really been at the centre of, of both of these projects. Um, just as a, a brief prelude to start, um, I want to say, as, as Karen mentioned also, that it's in the footsteps of curators like Ngoni Forbes, but also the late Olabisi Silva, that curators of my generation have orientated our work um, and sought to respond to the challenges of the present. So it's by no accident that as somebody like myself who's trained in the House of, of Silver, um, that my work has prioritised experimentation, artist development and collaboration. Now alongside um, preparing for this talk, Karen invited myself and, and others to share um, just one thing, it's what, what we had learned from Bissy Silver. Um, and I wanted to take a brief opportunity to, to share that with you here um, by way of honoring her, but also kind of introducing the, the conversation a little bit. Um, so the, the text that I shared um, was around the radical art of friendship. I think collaboration is really at the core of that. So you don't need a formal title of mother or mentor to show compassion, to deeply care for, encourage, or spark change in others. Seize the opportunities to lift, lift up others that arise throughout your day. Connection and dialogue between two people is a powerful tool. My friendship with Bissy Silver changed the course of my life and my perception of it. Bissy Silver has shown me how to practice the art of friendship with the intent to inspire. In this says the realization that together we can change the world and perhaps this is one collaboration at a time. She taught me to act with a level of commitment to my work that allowed the best to emerge she expected of me, to tell the stories that had not yet been told and to always unceasingly dream big. So I just would, wanted to do a brief introduction to um, Future Assembly. Um, so Future Assembly is a project that I uh, created in 2016. Um, and it was really out of a desire to develop these meaningful um, conversations and dialogues with artists working on the continent and within, within the diaspora and thinking about how um, the work that I was doing could have a kind of greater impact, um, but also resonate with myself um, more deeply on a, a kind of personal level. So it is a constant process of collaboration um, and also collaborative learning. And it kind of asks um, what can really be learnt through a shift of context um, and sharing of access to things, to people and to spaces. It's now turned into a kind of long-term curatorial project. Um, it's in its second session. I'm really excited that one of the artists uh, is here today, um, I guess as testament to this kind of ongoing dialogue that's come out of it. Um, so far, it's taken the form of residencies um, in London, in Cambridge, in Johannesburg, um, alongside commissioning, exhibitions and public talks. And all of that has been made possible through a model of collaboration. So I'm a, you know, a, an individual curator, um, but through collaborating with other um, organisations and individuals, um, both on the continent but in the UK, I've been able to um, multiply um, my, my activities and, and I get access to exhibition spaces or you know, other forms of knowledge that as an individual I might not be able to necessarily open up. Um, so, yeah, it really does adapt depending on uh, the partners that are involved. So, um, this is an image from session two. The two artists who are involved this year um, are Michaela Yewadan and Simniki Wabafungu, who is here today. Um, and really, it's through the process of conversations with these artists that we devise the programme. So, depending on the areas of, of interest to them, um, we then devise this kind of bespoke residency that looks to share um, knowledge and access. Um, yeah, so that's just a kind of brief introduction to Future Assembly. Um, I'm going to hand over to Angoni Fall now, who will introduce Africa 2020. Um, and then I think we'll go on to have a deeper conversation around collaboration and how that's informed um, your project, but also just working on the content more broadly. Yes, uh, thank you, Karen, for having me in, even if it's for 24 hours <laughs> between two different European cities. So, yes, it's nice to be back after two years because I wasn't here last year especially in this, in this context around BC that I'm not going to be talking about because I'm just not mentally prepared to talk about that person right now. 
I need time, maybe in five years time I will be able to do that. Well, so Africa 2020, it's an initiative of the French uh, president. So France actually organizes seasons every year since the 80s. Uh, and it's a kind of bilateral agreement between two states and they use like kind of culture or soft power. And it's always like the two ministers of uh, foreign affairs who decide, okay, I'll show my culture in your country for six months and then you show me what your uh, vice versa. Uh, and then when the French president was appointed, he decided to dedicate uh, 2020 to the entire African continent, which has never been done because normally it's a country. Uh, and you have a programming in France and then France programs in the other country. And he decided he just wanted to invite the entire continent, but not have a French programming in Africa for obvious reasons that we understand. Nobody will, uh, will agree or care. And he decided not to go through making an agreement with the 54 African states that would last forever, or whether with African Union. And he wanted the season to be carried out by the African civil society. Uh, and he wanted uh, the general commissioner to be an African from the continent, from the civil society, who has broad networks in the different languages, blah, blah, blah. So that was the brief. Uh, and I was in Cape Town uh, teaching at Michaelis when I received a very strange email saying, we want to exchange with you. And I saw the email address of Elysee and I thought it was a scam. So of course I didn't answer. Uh, but then I started having conversations with them uh, and I started by challenging them. What's the point of a continent? Because we are a continent, we are not a country, and we are more than a billion. Uh, who really cares about celebrating African cultures in France? I personally don't care. I'm not a professional entertainer. So after all, after two months of discussions, we, uh, the agreement was that, okay, uh, can we think more broadly and look at what are the main issues that are producing artistic, intellectual <coughs> projects or, or knowledge or research? What are the Africans researching on? What are the challenges Africans are facing in the 21st century? And can we look at all the different fields of activity, whether it's culture, whether it's scientific research, whether it's technological innovation, in economy, entrepreneurship, everything. Let's look at people, decision makers, who are the next leaders on the continent who are moving forward, experimenting and really pushing the boundaries and doing things that maybe our leaders are not doing and who are really impacting the ecosystems in all the different fields and who are thinking 360. So I said, those are my conditions to, to accept, uh, but the season, if I'm accepting an invitation on behalf of a continent, I have to consult other Africans. Uh, and to make sure we frame the season around issues, otherwise it can go all over the place and we can precisely end up with just entertaining with dance, theater, and those kind of terrifying ideas of black people on stage with beautiful smiles and let's say, uh, you know, just belly dancing or whatsoever. So I invited Four Brains uh, and I locked ourselves uh, in the north of Senegal at the border of uh, the desert to think about this project and to think about we as Africans from different parts of the continent and from different generations, what's the point of this project? And if we, if we are moving uh, on it, what should the season be about? What are the issues that we want to raise, that we want to discuss amongst ourselves and that we want to discuss also with the French people? And that's the starting point of the discussion, of the collaboration. So my first impulse after accepting to be the general commissioner is just a pompous title. Um, what does it mean? So I invited four brains who then asked me to never mention them again because they are not co-creators of the season. So I respected that, but there's one of them is in the room. Can I say your name? Not the Bacon Tombella, because I didn't choose them by, by accident. I really went for people who are radical thinkers who will challenge me. I needed to be challenged. Uh, who are from different uh, generations, coming from different contexts. So I won't mention the three others, uh, but Nonto, I'm forcing you to do your coming out. Uh, so, and I, it's also a way to, to thank you, um, because yes, for me it was important that if you're doing a project on behalf of more than a, bil uh, a billion people, um, uh, it can't be just my view on the world as one African. Uh, and for us it was about, 
can we find similarities? And let's think Pan-African. Uh, so as, yes, kids of the continent who were born on the continent, lived on the continent, work on the continent, the continent made us. And our, all our networks and relationships, challenging borders, visa, traveling, uh, languages whatsoever, what do we have to say? And I needed to rely on people I respect, I trust, and I admire. And so Noto is one of them, but I have to kill her because I haven't heard from her for quite some while, so we have to talk. Anyway, so that's how it all started with just framing uh, Africa 2020. And from there, then I started to structure it because I was trained as an architect and I used to be an architect before jumping into the arts with how um, looking at France because the season, it's going to be a series of programs or projects, maybe around 80 to maximum 100 projects um, all over France, mainland, but also overseas territories like Réunion, Island, Martinique, Guadeloupe, and Guyana, and the small island, of course, in the Mediterranean. For me, it was important to say, if we're saying we have to talk to the entire French population, the, entire, the French population is not just inside Paris. Uh, and I want to talk to people who are uh, in rural areas, uh, and how do you involve them in projects? So we came up with five different issues. Uh, that we gave birth to. You can find more information on the website, so I don't go into the details of the season. But this is, so there's a temporary website. When you arrive, you will be on the temporary website in French. Click English, so you can read in English, otherwise you will be lost. So uh, my, after that, what I decided as a rule to frame with the guidelines is that uh, French institution, whether cultural, scientific, coming from university whatsoever, who wants to do a project, needs to have an African professional. I, I'm not interested in the French view on Africa. And I told the French, you don't wake up every day saying you're doing a French project. So anybody who's interested in an African project, you're out because that doesn't exist. It's about the issues that we want to share with, uh, with the rest of the world, and especially talking to, to ourselves. So that's how the collaboration starts, an African professional collaborating with an institution. And that African uh, professional has to set up a, a, an African team coming from different backgrounds and from different countries to, to do a Pan-African multidisciplinary project. That will challenge at least one of the issues of the of the of Africa 2020. So basically, it's about how uh, to envision the season not just as a series of events, but as a collaborative platform. That's why you have the hashtag collective intelligence, because I've been telling to the French-speaking Africans. I'm from Senegal, so I come from a French-speaking country. We're not here to fight the French or to kind of solve any bitterness or anger about colonial, the post-colonial. I'm not interested in that as a person myself. So, and that we should remember that English-speaking, some Arab-speaking countries and Portuguese-speaking countries don't have that history with France, so they really don't care about. And, and I also tell people, uh, if you're addressing French issues or saying you want to attack the French or talk about race or whatsoever, then you're putting France in the center of, of the project. And it's not about France. It's about us as Africans, how we see the world. And so the baseline of the season is an invitation to look at and understand the world from an African perspective. And it has been hard for the French to come with a project under the, those terms. First, yes, you need an African professional because we do have curators, scientists, writers, festival directors, et cetera, et cetera. And also asking the French Ministry of National Education and Youth to be a key partner of the project. Because the idea of the French president be behind that was he, was he was saying, the French don't know Africa. And when they think they know Africa, actually they don't. So how can we change that? So for him, this cultural season was the way I said, you're just dreaming if you think that celebrating African cultures for six months and a half is going to clear racism and the cliches. So how do you plant a seed and how can those projects be the starting point of a mid-term or long-term collaboration. So it starts with kids in the school because you don't, you're, we don't get, uh, we are not born racist. We become racist through different avenues. So the idea with the, with the Ministry of Culture is to work with all the different academies uh, all over in the different regions of France uh, and to translate 
uh, the issues uh, and the vision of Africa 2020 into primary school, secondary school, uh, but also it's agricultural school, technical schools, and then the classic system, and then go to, to university. Which means having workshops, which means, for instance, um, using video games, film animations, or comics books written by African artists on the history of Africa or how they see today or tomorrow. That's how you translate your view of the world to the kids and organizing workshops. And doing the same with all these different classrooms and doing exchanges with uh, classes on the continent as well. So to do workshops on citizenship, territory, history, mobility, uh, redistribution of resources, economic em emancipation. I'm quoting, it will remind you some stuff uh, in salary, all those crazy discussions we had. So how can we translate that into schools? So they set up a task force at the Ministry of Education. Uh, and so Africa 2020 is going to be a part of the curriculum next year in France. And I also connected them with the division at UNESCO that is in charge of the general history of Africa. You have seven volumes that have been written, it dates back in the 80s, have been written by African historians. Uh, and what they did, uh, they are working on volume eight and nine about uh, concerning the African diaspora. Uh, and the African Union asked them to produce didactic tools, digital didactic tools out of those volumes. The, the, the idea for African Union is that all over the continent, in maybe five or 10 years, all the kids will be learning the same history of Africa based on those volumes written by African historians back in the 80s. I had to buy those books in Dakar uh, myself when I was in secondary school, but today you can download them for free on the website of UNESCO. It's available in 13 languages, including four African languages, but nobody is aware of that because UNESCO doesn't communicate. So the idea is also symbolically we always hear we have to help Africa. We have to help Africans. Europe has to help, 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 aid, donate, and I'm tired, sick and tired of that. So it's how do you turn it over, way around? Because I did look at the curriculum in France, in France, how they teach anything about Africa. Just to give you an example, it was about uh, in secondary school, African literature. What are they, what kind of uh, novels or books are they reading? Child soldiers. And that was last year etc etc so that's when i freaked out and went to see unesco and say okay these didactic tools are made for the 54 55 african countries the pilot projects are being done in egypt uh, and in uh, kenya but the didactic tools have been produced in french so basically anybody anywhere in the world any state can use it right okay so can we offer that to the french and save them so that their kids in the generations to come will be less stupid when it comes to the history of Africa. And that's also the symbol. For the first time, Africa is going to be helping French by delivering knowledge, but our knowledge about us. So the agreement will be signed between the French president and the general secretary of UNESCO at the end of the year. And so they are going to join the African pilot program <coughs> to train their teachers to learn, to, to be able then to teach the history of Africa to kids uh, in France. So that's a very, very long-term example of one, mm -hmm. how you just infiltrate with something that was supposed to be first to celebrate African cultures, that you're going deep into issues and that it's about transferring knowledge, yeah. but from an African point of view. And so this idea of collaboration, which is quite important for me, it's always, uh, let's say, somebody who is invited to do a project, then who sets up, sets up a team, and then that team, works with an institution in France to develop a project that is based on one of the issues. So it's always yeah. about collaboration. So the first collaboration started with this gang yeah. in Saint Louis, and now the entire season, the spirit, that's how it works. Yeah, fantastic. So something you touched on early on and, and that I wanted to jump in on straight away is this idea around power. You talked about soft power, um, and I wanted to ask you to open up a little bit more about power relationships in collaborations, particularly you know, when there are country, you know, organizations of different size that you're bringing together, but also, you know, coming from different spaces of different financial means and, and different sizes. So I'm kind of wondering, um, you know, can we think of value differently when we think about collaboration in this context? Um, but also, you've touched on it a bit already, but how you sought to kind of restack the deck, you know, when you're thinking about Africa 2020? 
Well, that's the biggest challenge for the French. As I say, uh, already the tradition of a guest curator in a museum or an art center is not that much popular in France broadly. So for them first, that's the first thing. Then, because they believe they know Africa because they had many territories over there, when all of them heard about the season, they just jumped and conceived an African project and then approached me and said, can, can you give me the label? I said, no, I'm not giving you the label. Who's your African partner? Who, who is talking about what? Who is talking about? Uh, and for them, the, it's, it's like psychologically, for many, difficult to understand and to accept that uh, for, for once, uh, they are here to learn. Uh, f the way we see things, the way we do uh, audience outreach, the way we create, the way we do art administration. And it's also about having, uh, involving uh, universities on the continent to have maybe master two students to volunteer and to join the teams uh, in France to be able also to be part of the, of the production of the work. And for the, the, the French are not used, because of all the heavy loaded cliches, even when they believe they don't have cliches, but when you're talking to them, you see the resistance or that it's not that easy to explain that yes, there is an African expertise on the continent and from the diaspora and every human being, regardless the color of the skin, you can learn. And I'm still learning at this stage of my life and I'm 52. But so for some people, it's difficult to understand. And in their psyche, it was about, I don't want to give my power to an African. But it's not about the power. It's about sharing ideas with somebody who comes from a different context. Mm -hmm. So even that mental process, that's the most exhausting part. Mm -hmm. But that's mandatory. And if people don't, and I've always said, if people don't have that mindset or don't understand, I'd rather do three projects for Africa 2020 and move on, but I'm not going to give a label to, mm -hmm. every, because well, many people are saying, oh, I want, a, I want a label. No, you're not gonna have it. So people are sending me emails, insulting me, uh, saying I'm, in pro I'm not a professional. I, I have no idea what I'm, who do I think I am? It's not because I was hired by the French president that I think I will have the power, you name it. But uh, the, the, my, I'm just staying focused. Mm -hmm on uh, the spirit that we created in Saint Louis and being through to that and knowing what's your final uh, goal. Yeah. And as long as I have that political back uh, from Macron, I will keep up going. So when people say, how are you? I, I say, I'm still surviving. I'm still alive. I don't know for how long, but I think that I didn't want to miss that window opportunity. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, to make those kind of statements, but by really doing something on the, on the long term. So what do you think is the kind of prerequisite for a healthy collaboration? Um, Respect know, in, yeah. and being humble. Uh, and it's about inspiring, being inspired, impacting, being impacted, and about, let's say, let's experiment. There's no set rules. I'm not creating any project myself because I've already created the bigger picture. Now it's about giving that platform for people from the diaspora on the continent to express themselves. Uh, those who don't have uh, the budget, trying to also fundraise for the projects I believe in can have a, a decent budget and, and do the kind of project that I think is meaningful. Um, and that we sit, take time to sit down and have these exchanges, talk to each other between Africans mm. from the continent, between the Africans on the continent and Africans from the diaspora. Mm. We don't even often talk to each other. Yeah. I haven't been to London for two years, for instance. So are we talking to each other? Yeah. No, we're not talking to each other. Are we talking? We're <laughs> not talking. So how can all these conversations happen? Yeah. And that during June 1st to December, uh, we are creating a kind of movement that's what Nonto said when I asked her, can I hire your brain? She sent me a smiley with a, with a cap saying, I'm on board, Captain. Mm -hmm. So yes, can we create that movement? And we are all soldiers, but all together we mm -hmm. are an army and we are all over the world. So how can we make that point and use that window of opportunity? And also the, uh, the French kids uh, in, in the suburbs who are of African descent, who lost faith in the system, who lost, can we have writers, intellectuals, philosophers, sociologists uh, come and talk to the kids in libraries, in, in some small community art centers? Give them a confidence and a, and a proud that they are losing. Mm -hmm. That's also, for me, a way to empower people, but from the mindset. Yeah.
Um, and you, you mentioned this idea of how can we talk together, um, and I wanted to touch on language, um, because that can be a barrier, you know, across yes. thinking about the, the old colonial lines, they still exist through language. So how do you think that we can uh, kind of cut across that, you know, work We use at, apps, Google yeah. Translation. I speak yeah. English. Do you yeah. speak French? I'm from a working class black British family. That no, no, that's afford, don't, don't, yeah. don't go into that. Do you speak French? I don't speak French, but that's Spanish, the reason why. No. Portuguese, no. Arabic. So those are the languages yeah. you speak on the continent. I know my generation, it was more challenging yeah. because few French speaking people speak English, but actually many of them because it's an international language. But the English speaking countries. I mean, countries, I absolutely hold my you hands don't up really to that. speak but how do, okay, French. Okay, so how, what, what advice would you give to English speaking? Africans and people in the African diaspora to start to reach out and collaborate across language okay. lines. Well, I, I tell it, it's true when we did uh, the, the workshop in Saint Louis, uh, because we, had, we were two French speaking and one Arab slash English speaking and two English speaking. So four or five days, we were only speaking English in my mm. hometown. But that's fine. Uh, for, for me, I, I don't have any problem. The first time I went to Angola, that was in 98. I speak Creole Portuguese because I'm from Dakar and we have the biggest uh, Cabo Verdean population. So I was speaking a soup, uh, borrowed from Spanish, from French, for whatever. It didn't matter. Of course, it was extremely exhausting, I have to say. But as long as I could do studio visit and understand uh, the concept of the work of an artist and have, even if it's, yeah. And in those days there were no apps or Google translation didn't exist. So I guess today for your generation, it's much easier. Mm. But yes, you have to challenge a language because you can't stay in that. Even if yes, English is an international language, but it's not everybody that mm. speaks English. And I know that especially coming from a region West Africa where the majority of countries speak French. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, a problem. Nonto, when she first came to Dakar, she said she didn't want to learn French, that she wanted to learn Wolof. She still hasn't learned Wolof. Because <laughs> I think it's also key to this idea of, you know, the dissemination of knowledge. Yes. I think that's really the key. Yes, but I, can, I see young artists on social media. Uh, they are, people are collaborating. Uh, and for them, uh, the, the fact that they don't speak the same language is, is not an issue. Uh, it's an issue for the French, so every time I was putting people in contact or when people will approach me, I will discuss with them, I will be confident, okay, they have the, the mindset that uh, they are open-minded. Uh, the first question will be, how many languages do you speak? Do you speak Portuguese or do you speak English? Because on the continent, it's not everybody who speaks French. Uh, and some will say, no, it's fine, I can handle English or somebody in my team can speak English and that's fine. Uh, but a few did say we don't. We only speak French, so we need to. We need a partner who who can speak French. Mm. Okay. So if anybody knows uh, somebody who has an app that can make crazy translations <laughs> that we can use for Africa 2020, I'm open to that. Um, I just because you have obviously been through the process of. Um, collaborating across many different cultures in, in developing this project. I just wondered if you, in your experience, if you'd come across the different ways in which different cultures collaborate, you know, if you can, if there are any kind of culturally specific ways that you've, that you've noticed. No, I don't think it's about culture. I think it's about in which professional field you are. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in my case, I will say it's almost part of my DNA because I studied graphic design and then architecture. And in architecture, even if you design, you don't build it. And you need a whole range of professionals to make it happen. So collaboration is part of your profession. And from then moving from that, uh, working for a publication, which was Revenoir, mm -hmm. it's also a collaborative process. So my entire professional life has been about collaboration, collaborating, and for me, I just think it's something obvious. Uh, the only time I'm doing something alone is when I'm writing. That's a very solitary, so that's for me, it's, I'm a slow writer. But I like this idea of collaborating, of being challenged, but, but that's my personality. I, I need that from any generation, from any culture, but it has to do, I guess, with my training also. So it's, I can see, and you have so many collectives uh, on the continent. People collaborate, especially in the visual art. Dance, you have to collaborate. In theater, you have to collaborate. So in performing arts, you're collaborating. In visual arts, more and more artists are collaborating and working multidisciplinary. Scientists who are doing research are collaborating on research. 
So for me, actually, uh, then thinking about it, I'm like, but this is something obvious because that's more or less how we operate on the, on the continent. And of course, if you're working in an institution and this is your institution, um, to have somebody invade you, like a collective, uh, I can give you an example. There's a crazy group from Ghana who are going to invade an art center in the north of France. Because part of the season, what I um, invited some people, some institutions to do, is to become uh, Africa 2020 headquarter. So for about minimum four weeks, but mainly around two months, they turn their entire programming and they become a temporary Pan-African art center. And their entire program is about an exhibition, film screening, uh, uh, talks, roundtables, debates. You take the cafeteria, you invite a chef or a, an African association to turn the menu. With the menu, you're talking about food, you're talking about agriculture, climate change, etc., etc., etc. So um, and so, you have you will have maybe around seven or ten Africa 2020 headquarters in different cities, but mainly in small cities, not in the big cities. Um, and it's interesting to see how. People I invited as a team leader to set up a team. The Ghanaian team is becoming very crazy, I have to say, but I like crazy people because they are working on a project that starts with a festival that's going to run throughout the summer. And uh, the, the head of the team, Bernard Akoy Jackson, who is an artist and also um, a, a curator, has invited um, an architect, another curator, a film specialist, a dance specialist, a theater specialist. So they are really taking over that art center that is 10,000 square meter. And, uh, and they tour the city. It's a city with 80 different nationalities in Roubaix and working and meeting all the associations of uh, African descent and inviting them to join his team. So it's becoming a huge, what I call a huge, amazing bazaar. Uh, but that's exactly, so I always, when I'm talking to other people that I'm inviting to do a headquarter, I often quote them, so everybody thought that, uh, am I paid by Bernard Akko Jackson because I'm promoting his project? But it's precisely because when I first invited him, I knew he would set up that tone and that then the other institutions will just have to, will just have to follow. So he's been with his team twice to Roubaix, and then the French team went to Ghana for the first time in their life on the continent and they did Accra, Tamale, they, they spent some time with Ibrahim Mahama, and then they went to Kumasi at the, at the art school. So now they are totally excited, jumping like monkeys, uh, and now they decided to import a coffee, chocolate, and I don't know what kind of other products for the, for the, for the restaurant, and I guess by the end of the season, they will, they will want to become uh, citizens of Ghana. <laughs> anyway, so those are the kind of uh, positive energies, yeah. uh, and I will always say, if, Everybody has this kind of energy and great spirit. Then this project can live its life, and this collaboration will continue mm. uh, at the at the end. But it's about the professions involved, and not mainly about culture. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, I think we're going to open up now um, and see if we've got any questions from the room. Do you want to wait for the microphone? Yeah. Thank you for explaining this very um, challenging project. Um, is there more? Can you give us more examples of projects that are going to happen between? Yeah. Between. Okay. So it starts June first. Uh, that's how we. Because also how to frame it in six months, so it doesn't go all over the place. So you have a grand opening. And after three months in September, how do you relaunch and how do you end? So that was part of the exercise uh, in, uh, in Saint Louis. And how do you open? That's, that was Nonto's idea. I don't know if she remembers. Electronic music concerts all over France. Do you remember that? Yeah, okay, so that's how we're starting. So it's not going to be, of course, the official opening is June 1st at La Philharmonie de Paris, which is a concert hall with Angelique Kijo, who is the godmother of, the, of Africa 2020. So that's where, let's say, the politicians, the officials would go, June 1st. I won't be there, believe me. Uh, and then the first Saturday, that is uh, Saturday 6th, June 6th, that's where we're going to have the electronic concerts. So, uh, and it's a very old uh, French festival called Africolor, 
uh, that started in the in the late 80s on African, you know, let's say at that time it was world music. Uh, that is that has partnered with four electronic music festivals on the continent from uh, Kampala, Nairobi, uh, Bamako, and Burkina Faso. And so they are creating uh, music stages. And so you will have in eight different cities from uh, 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. And that's the message uh, um, sending this season is for the youth, it's for the next generation. How can I celebrate, you know, the, and give the baton to the next generation? So start by putting yourself upside down. Start with a party. Uh, so you have those electronic concerts that are going to be, that are, they're doing the creative workshops right now. Uh, they started in Kampala. So that's how it starts. But the entire week, actually, you have different projects opening in different cities in France because people decided where, when they want to start. So you have different projects uh, uh, opening. You have a performing arts festival in Marseille called Festival de Marseille. The director, who is a Belgian well-known, Yann uh, Gossens, uh, decided to do a focus on three cities. Uh, and we agreed on the cities that he goes outside of. My obsession with this festival is that if you don't make suggestions to the French, they will all rush to French-speaking West African countries. And I was really, really obsessed with that. Uh, so Yann Gossens is going to do a focus on Tunis, Cairo, and Maputo, and inviting uh, directors of three festivals, because these three cities have festivals in performing arts, who are going to co-curate with him uh, the, the festival about how does body and performing uh, impacts the city uh, in different ways. And uh, he invited Elvira, who is going to curate the talks uh, on radical citizenship and how also art in public space is also a space where citizenships happen based on the Arab Springs or the Yonamar movement in Senegal, et cetera, et cetera. So you have different types of projects like that. So all over June, you have different projects opening, uh, whether it's in performance, uh, some headquarters open, some music concert, et cetera, all over the summer. And then to relaunch in September, there are two ideas. And that, that second idea came from the Arafat, so I don't mention her name because I still don't have authorization. So we need, we need a summit because the season is about all these issues, but people might forget down the road that we are here to talk about all these issues. So we need a summit. So we call it the September Summit. Uh, it took me almost six months uh, to impose that title uh, because the Ministry of Culture, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and the advisors of Macron didn't understand it and said it was too intellectual. So I had to uh, threaten to resign, which I'm doing almost every, every month, <laughs> uh, to be able to, and the more the time goes, the more they are saying, but you can't resign. Of course I can resign because I used to be a freelance. Remember, I had a happy life in Cape Town. I was having wine with my buddy Jay Potter when I received your email. I can go back to my life anytime. It's not my project, it's yours. So deal with the shit. <laughs> so, uh, so the idea, so we were, so I stood by that. Uh, and so the idea of the September summit is that the second half of September, you have uh, symposium, conferences, roundtables, uh, debates around these five issues uh, in art centers, in the headquarters, in universities, etc., etc. So you have that momentum that is about discourse and sharing ideas where you take one issue, let's say you take citizenship and you have the point of view of a philosopher, of a writer, of a filmmaker, of a choreographer, etc. But the first half, that year it's the Dance Biennial, which is the biggest, uh, La Biennale de la Danse de Lyon in Lyon, which is the biggest dance biennial in the world. And so the director decided she wanted to be part of uh, Africa 2020 and she went all over the place. So the, the biennial always starts with a street parade with four, with 12 chars. And it's always a collaboration between association and artists. So all these 12 associations who are handling the chars, they invited artists who are choreographers, uh, graffiti artists, whatsoever, to kind of, let's say, mini, Rio Samba stuff, but it's 250,000 people in the streets. That's the audience. And it always ends in the biggest square of Lyon uh, with a carte blanche to a choreographer. 
And so she gave carte blanche to uh, a choreographer from Nigeria who decided to invite uh, five uh, street dancers from Lagos and five and I think 10 uh, amateur dancers from Lyon. And he wants to record all the rehearsals so that when he's doing the performance with the, uh, with the dancers, it's a flash mob so that he's not just dancing in front of a passive audience, but the audience is also dancing with him. And within the biennial, the director also gave carte blanche to another choreographer from, uh, from South Africa, Gregory Makoma, and to uh, another choreographer from uh, Burkina Faso, Serge Aimé Koulibaly. Uh, and then uh, they're also going to do workshops on, on, on dance in different parts. So she, she went all over the place and um, with a godmother, with a godfather and placing the, so it's going to be festive, popular, but with a lot of workshops before the biennial and during the biennial around dance, about the body, about how do you uh, translate and transmit knowledge. So that's how we relaunch in September, something popular with dance, and then let's say the most, more serious with the September summit uh, on the second half of September. And then the ending will be around entrepreneurship and economic questions. Uh, with startups, incubators, entrepreneurs in different fields. So the idea is to have a big, one big forum in Marseille, uh, late November, and a big and a bigger one in uh, uh, in Paris. Uh, and then to I'm still trying to keep the idea to end up with a big DG party, but I'm still looking for funding because yes, I'm also fundraising, which I was not supposed to do, uh, because yeah, uh, it needs public funding, it needs private funding, so it adds a hat to what I'm doing. But yes, the idea is then to end also with a huge party somewhere, I don't know. I wanted to do it on a big boat on the Mediterranean and then we just crash and land in Alger. But of course, that's just a crazy dream. It's not gonna happen anytime soon. But this, just to give you a scale, there's also a women focus. That's why I need to talk to you. Is Tamar still around or did she go? Okay, uh, because for me, it was also important to highlight uh, women in the arts in science and also in entrepreneurship. So I've been asking people to volunteer to invite um, a, an African female professional to do a project involving only female uh, from that field. So let's say curators. You invite an African curator who will then invite a female uh, artist, not to talk about female issues, but to take one of the, the, the issues of the season, whether it's uh, distribution of resources and citizenship, mobility, whatsoever. So I have a, I have a series of uh, museums and art centers. I was very pleased that the Modern Art Museum in Paris was the first to volunteer because then it also created the movement to have a different, uh, let's say, very young or mid-career curators, female curators who are then doing something. And we're backing that with an association called AWARE which is that platform that is with the database and with the idea to have an entry on Africa. So that's why I need to talk to you. Uh, and to connect the research that many people on the continent have been doing and to have an entry on the AWARE website, but maybe on contemporary end website, I don't know, or on any other platform with the idea, can I find the funding for the research to continue after Africa 2020 and that all these art historians, curators, whoever is researching on the more visibility of women artists on the continent, can they get a little bit of funding to continue after the project? So that's the focus in contemporary art. And the same is happening in dance because then some people started hearing about it. So the same is happening in dance. The same will happen in literature, in film, in animation film. Uh, in science, I'm working with a network of uh, women scientists from the entry, my entry point is in Kenya uh, because they have a Pan-African network of African scientists. So they are going to mobilize the, the women scientists and do a project maybe in Toulouse and we will call it, it will be a headquarter but around science and also tapping into visual artists who are also dealing with scientific issues, and then doing the same with entrepreneurship, whether it's cultural entrepreneur, economic entrepreneur, teachers, etc., and having as much forms as possible, and to brand it as the women focus. The same that you have education that is all over. How can we make sure that also that platform is also celebrating women who are at the forefront and who are also, you know, leading things? So, so that gives you a 
an idea of the Grand Bazaar. <laughs> And because it has to do with women and it has to do with education, uh, that's how I met BC back in the days. And so every her spirit, but as I say, I can't talk about yeah. her. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably a really nice place to leave it, um, unless anyone has, else has a really burning question. Okay, should we take one more and then we'll... Are you going to do a T-shirt of that great design? Yeah. Sorry, am I going to? Yes, 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 t-shirt, tote bags, uh, goodies, yes, I, yes, I find a company, because it's a state project, so they don't sell uh, goodies and stuff like that, governments, they don't know how to make money, I told them, but they, it doesn't get to their brain, so I, every time you have to find, yes, other ways to make, yes, but there will be many, many stuff, and we're going to start the communication campaign, because we have, we want it to be international, and to be, uh, on smartphones, so even the website. So this address is just temporary, but we have uh, a f uh, an agency that works also with an agency in Africa, and to have <coughs> hashtags to hire influencers, bloggers, and to create a movement. So that's where the army starts uh, with the digital and to make it just crazy. So whoever is willing to and has something to say, you can um, make a statement, send a post a video. Oh my goodness, I didn't know he was here. That's my brother. Okay, yeah. I didn't know he was around. And, 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 and yes, just make your statement and just post something and yeah, raise your voice. Thank you so much. Can I just say a very big thank you to Ngoni, to Hansi for energizing us at the end of a long few days. It's phenomenal what you're both doing in very different contexts. And uh, we have a lot to look forward to in 2020. So thank you for all the hard work that goes into that. And, and please don't quit between now and then. <laughs> um, although it's a good threat to have in your pocket. Um, <laughs> especially if you use it too often. Um, but in terms of the immediate future, uh, tomorrow we have uh, two further sessions. We're starting at 1.30. Please pick up a program at the back of the room. We'll be talking about lens-based media, another thing that uh, BC really championed, and the various platforms that exist in Africa for uh, sound art, video art, and photography. So that will be followed by a screening of all women artists, um, picking up on your point earlier. Um, so there's still lots to look forward to. Enjoy your Saturday evening. Thank you. <laughs>